I know y'all can. Everybody's muted online. So welcome, everybody. Hi, once again, my name is Deacon Dave. I'm glad to be with you here tonight. And um, we'll get to the topic in just a minute. Um, you are the source of life. I can't be left behind. No one else will do. I will take hold of you. I need you, Jesus, to come to my rescue. Where else can I go? There's no other name by which I am saved. Capture me with grace. I will follow you. I will follow you. I will follow you. I'll give you a little backdrop on that song a little bit later in my talk, but I love that talk because grace is truly the love of God poured out. And we're all very familiar with John 3.16, right? God so loved the world. Let me get the exact verbiage of the USCCB that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but have eternal life. And now there are lots of different types of love. Donna and I might be, you know, that kind of love that's friends, right? Or it could be a brotherly love, the same thing. Or it could be fraternal, which is again, brotherly or family, or it could be my spouse. But the type of love that God gives us is agape love, agape love, this perfect, self-sacrificing, unconditional, give you all I've got kind of love that God wants to pour into the lives of everyone as we continue to move forward in this Life of the Spirit seminar to know just how much you are loved by God. Because in the world today, we're so busy, right, Paul? There's a lot going on that God often can become a distant memory as we go throughout our day. Yet we should remember that the love of God is intended to be poured out on us at every single moment of our day. And it's that love that gives us patience. It's that love that gives us peace. For me, it is that love that gives me self-control. So God's love is all-encompassing and helps to bring about the fruits of the Spirit in our life, which I'm sure is like another session that we will get to. Now, Thomas Aquinas said that love is willing the good of the other for the other. So God wills good for us just for us because he loves us completely. But then I added something. God, love is willing the good of the other for the other and wanting nothing in return. So no matter what we do, we can always turn back to God. And all God wants to do is pour his love out on us. He's not demanding a response from us. He gave us the free will to love him back. So he gives his love freely, unconditionally, sacrificing his son for us. And he allows us the freedom of choice to love him back. Because you see, God desires and seeks to be in a deep, and personal relationship with us from the very moment of our baptism. So there is something inside of us, 
Okay, something inside of us that is tethered to God, right? And no matter how far we get away from him, his love, that tether that was created us in baptism is always putting tension on us, wanting to draw us back into the sacred heart of his son, Jesus. Does that make sense? Have you ever thought about if you're feeling tension in your spiritual life? Well, praise God and amen. That's a good thing. Because if you're not feeling tension, you're either really, really close to God, which is good, or you've broken or tried to break that. Okay, and we know the only way that we can break away from God is through mortal sin. I'm sure, that's another talk. Because you see, the love of the Holy Spirit is the love of God. And I remember Paul from Mount Carmel, right? I mean, it's uh, Monsignor, Father Mike, or one of one of those brilliant priests uh, that we had at Mount Carmel back in the 90s. Uh, they, they were explaining the, the love of God. And they said, you've got the Father. And the Father is over here. And the Father is gazing upon the Son perfectly. And then you have the son who was looking back at the father with the same perfection. And what is running in between them is the love of the Holy Spirit, the love of God, that perfect love of the gaze of the father to the son and the son to the father. And listen, we are meant to be caught up in that same love. We're not meant to be away from it or outside of it, but we are meant to be right in the middle, right in the midst of it, wrapped up between the Father and the Son in the love of the Holy Spirit. Because now when you talk about love, love changes us from the inside out. God's love changes us from the inside out. There's all kinds of things in the world that want to try, try to change us from the outside in, right? But those things that defile us, well, they come out of us because we let the world in, right? But the love of God, the indwelling Holy Spirit who is deep within us, that love, it comes out of us. And here's the interesting thing is, I think, and I was, I was actually talking to someone today um, who was going through a difficulty and a struggle. And what it got down to is that the entire history of this person's life they didn't feel valued. But the love of God tells us that we have value in the eyes of the Father. And I love this story. How many of you have ever seen the Wild Goose series? Okay, so you might hear this story because I love this story, so it's worth repeating. In the first episode, it's the love of God. And so they're at Niagara Falls and the falls are pouring out. And Father Dave Pavanka, his series are great. If you haven't seen them, I would encourage you to go. But he's like giving a homily. And he's talking about the love of God is for everybody. And it is. And it absolutely is for everybody. But this lady walks out and she says, Father Dave, God can never love me. And she's holding a penny in her hand. And you know, then, then Father Dave says, in that moment I was convicted that I would never miss an opportunity, that none of us should ever miss an opportunity to share. Hey, I'm just trying to go to the other audience here, Tom. The love of God being poured out, right? It's so important. So a couple of days later, this lady writes Father Dave and she says, you know, I was holding that penny while I was talking to you. And some pennies are really shiny and new because they their life has been easy and their life has been good. And then other pennies, well, they're really beat up and dirty and maybe a little nicked and everything. But she said, I realize that they all have the same value. 
And so we cannot allow the world, okay, to dictate our value. My homily this coming Sunday is about exactly that, where I was more worried about whether I was going to get a raise, so I got really mad when I didn't. Instead of recognizing, well, there's no value in that. There's no permanency in that. There's no eternity in that. The only eternal thing that there is is God's love for us. That is eternal. And so to recognize that we all have this value that is found in just how much he loves us. How much he loves us. So he loves us so much. Y'all on there. Can you see me okay? Good. Just nod your heads. Okay. That they are nodding their heads. Good. He loved us. So, he loves us so much that he left us the sacraments. Okay. So I guess we need to understand what a sacrament is if we don't already. Is that a future segment or am I okay with talking about that? Uh, I was going to do it anyway. Okay. <laughs> so a sacrament is an efficacious sign instituted by Christ, entrusted to the church to give grace. Right? So the Lord left us what? Seven sacraments, right? What if I told you there was an eighth sacrament? Would you would you believe me? Huh? Sure? Okay, we'll take all the sacraments we can get, right? Well, the reason why, so an efficacious sign, it means it does something, right? It actually does something. It's not just an outward sign. It's like when you see a stop sign, right? You stop. So that's what sacraments, do, the, the sacraments do. That's what grace, that's how grace is poured out in a special way is through the sacraments. Okay, so the eighth sacrament, anybody want to take a guess at what the eighth sacrament is? Yeah. Robert's grinning. Huh? Yeah. Love. I like that one. That's that's a, a theological virtue. Yeah. Yes, Donna. His word. His word. I like that. I like that. Anybody else? Grace. grace. Well, grace is in the definition of sacrament. That's a that's okay. One more, Donna, and then we'll move on. The Holy Spirit. Well, that's that's the love of God poured out. Yes. How about you? How about each one of you? Have you ever thought about the fact that you? Okay, are an outward sign that does something, right? You are instituted in Christ by your baptism, book sacrament, right? Entrusted to the church. Well, what is the church? The church is not a building. The church is a bunch of people, right? So we are the church, right? To give grace. So have you ever thought about the fact, Robert, that the love of God is poured out through the sacrament of Robert to the world? I'm serious. I'm very serious. We have the seven official sacraments, right? But the church is the eighth sacrament. And we are all church, which means we are all sacrament to the world. Look, when you're sitting by someone who is dying and you are there with them and you are holding their hand, make no mistake about it. You are the love of God being poured out and made present to that person that's there. When you hug someone who is struggling, okay, and they just need a kind word and you say it, you are the love of God being poured out to that person. You are sacrament to the people. And why is this so daggone important? Because not only is the love of God poured out to me and to you, we actually become vessels by which the love of God is poured through and a lot of times out of our brokenness, right, to everybody else. So what does that do when we realize our value 
and how much God loves us, we can't help but open our heart to him. And when we open our heart to him, it's like that Niagara Falls pouring through us onto the world. But what happens in the process of that is that we are, I'm looking here, Tom, sanctified. We are made holy by virtue of the fact that the love of God, because let me tell you what, if I'm not going to reconciliation, if I'm not going to mass, if I am in a state of sin, there's a cap on my head. And that cap means that all of that grace that God wants to pour through me, all of that love is getting splattered in the wrong places. But if I am an open vessel of God, then he will pour through me in the most incredible and magnificent ways. And not only will he change the world through each one of you, even more importantly, if you get right down to it, it changes you. The love of God changes you. And the more it changes you, the more clear the, the pipes, if you will, of your body, right? The clearer they get and the more the love of God can come through you. So we have been sealed in the Holy Spirit, right? At our confirmation, we receive the Spirit of God at our baptism. Priest, prophet, and king, okay? That God loved us so much that he gave all of us a role as priests, not like the priest in church, but every single one of us. You know how I talk? We are a bridge between humanity and divinity. And we become, you turn it like this, now you're a conduit, right? It could be a bridge or a conduit between God and all of his people, right? And then what does it mean to be a prophet? To speak the truth of God's love to those who we meet. And then the king, this is the ultimate form of love, is to serve someone else. When do we really feel the best? When do we really feel God's love? When we're doing something for ourselves or when we're doing something for someone else? When we're doing something for someone else, it is so much more fulfilling. Yeah. If it's not, we need to check ourselves. Okay? But the love of God is poured out in service through us. So now, I gotta admit to y'all, okay, that for many years I wasn't sure that I loved God and that God loved me. So I was dating God. Okay? God and I dated for a couple of decades. And even after I became Catholic in, uh, on, on April 15th, 1995 at Mount Carmel in Newport News, I still continued to date God. And I dated God because I really didn't know him. See, it was kind of a shallow relationship that I had for many years. All right. So he's trying to love me but I'm not receiving that love. He's trying to show me my value, but I'm still looking at the world. He's trying to draw me in, but I'm keeping him at a distance because there are some things that maybe God wants me to do that don't line up with what I want to do. So my will was still very much in argument with the will of God in so many ways. But what I realized is... I literally walked in the church one day, like 10 years ago or whenever it was, it was in the last 10 or 15 years. I walked into the church and I said, oh my goodness, God is here. I'm going to receive God. I'm going to listen to, I mean, it was like a light bulb went on. It was like that moment you knew you were in love with someone. And boy, when I opened my heart to him, all of a sudden, he just started raining down his love on me. Next thing you know, I'm in a spiritual direction class. Next thing I'm doing something crazy, like, I think I want to be a deacon. No, that's because he planted that in my mind. 
my heart, as my heart opened, he got in there and exploded it and blew it open. All he needs is he doesn't need anything, but we have to let him in. The love of God poured out for all of us. We must say yes. We, we can have all the love of God we want, but if we're not willing to receive it, we are not going to receive it. The same is true of the Eucharist, right? Another sacrament. The Eucharist is truly the love of God poured into us himself. So when you want to talk about the love of God poured out, well, we receive him every single time we celebrate Mass. In the most intimate and profound way, God becomes one with us. It says in John that God wants to abide in us. Abide in us is not to be beside me. It's not laying beside me. Abide means to be one with. God desires to be one with us always. So I want to tell you the other sacrament that's super important to allowing the love of God to be poured out. That's reconciliation. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you a story. I went to reconciliation about 10 days ago. And I had been holding on to something for several months that I knew was wrong, but I didn't want to go to my priest because I work for him. And I was like going other places and I could never find reconciliation. But we finally had a guest priest. And I'm not saying this is right because what I had to tell him was hard to tell anybody. I don't care whether I'm, and I knew him. I knew this priest. But it was just like, okay, I knew I had to go to reconciliation to that sacrament because I love God so much and I knew that I hurt him. And it was like it was, like it was bothering me. And then one day, the, another priest said, oh, here's the holy deacon. Oh, man, that was just like, you know, we're, today is Our Lady of Sorrows. It was just like a, like a lance right in my gut. Just like, please don't call me holy. I'm thinking to myself, standing in front of 250 people, please don't call me holy because I know I'm not. But what's so cool is my heart was open enough that I hurt because I know I hurt God. And that, when, when we get to that point where we recognize that God wants to pour his love out on us so much that when we sin, we hurt. Because I know he hurts. We hurt, not because I don't want to go to hell. You know, not because I want to receive the Eucharist. Not because of any of that. I hurt purely out of love for God and how much I know that he loves me. That And you know what? The only place that came from, well, that came from him. Because on my own, I would have never even got to confession. You know, I would never even be anywhere near why. I said, well, why did you pick me? I said, my wife, I have no idea why my Lord chose, the Lord chose me to do this. No clue. But because anyway, a lot of brokenness, that's a whole nother retreat. But just this idea that God was welling up in me to bring me back to himself. So his love works both ways, you know, but the closer we get in relationship, the more we're able to God out of love to what he has given us we give him back one page I still got a whole other page and a half sorry sorry oh no no, no there's a second page so I'm going to tell you a story you're, you're safe so there's a story I was at the how many of you have been to the Holy Land anybody online been to the Holy Land okay very cool I've been there twice have you been there 
it's awesome. If you ever, when things settle down, go. Um, we were at the Mount of the Beatitudes. So the Mount of the Beatitudes, right, is um, it's, it's up on the northern end of the Sea of Galilee. It's this beautiful round church. And we're in there, and, you know, all the tourists come in through the day, right? So, so at night, because we were spending the night there, we had the whole place to ourselves. And so the priest arranged for us to be able to get in the church. And it's not a big church. It's probably not any bigger than this room in terms of its dimensions. Maybe a little bit bigger, but it's not big, but it's round. It's got a dome that has the Beatitudes on it. So I'm sitting there and I am praying and it wasn't, and I've been working on this for years. I'm sitting there and it was probably one of the two most intense prayers I've ever had in my life. There's like 35 of us in the room and I am by myself, just me and God. And I can't hear anybody. I certainly can't see anybody because my eyes are closed and I am in deep meditative prayer. And in my mind's eye, I see Jesus come off the cross and he's laid in my arms, just like he was laid in the arms of Mary. And I'm like, what in the world does this mean? I mean, what, what do you want me to do with this, Lord? And so as I'm, as I'm, and I'm still asking myself that question, but as I'm preparing this talk, maybe Robert, it was simply in that moment, he was going, look at me. This is how much I love you. This is how much I love you in that moment. Placing himself in my arms. It was a very, very powerful and I'll never forget. I wish I could get to that sort of prayer all the time, but I'm too busy running around, which is a fault, which blocks the love of God from being poured out on us sometimes, right? Being too busy, Paul, right? Okay, so one other story and then Oh, good. I'm doing perfectly on time. So probably about 10, 11 years ago, I was at St. Joan of Arc. That's where I was going to church at. And we were doing RCIA, which I've been doing forever and ever in a day, even with all of my own struggles, just like everybody else. And we go to adoration. And believe it or not, I had never been to adoration after being Catholic for 15 years. Has it, I think everybody in here has probably been to adoration. Thanks be to God. Whew. So I go in there and I'm, I'm in section five, front row, far right side next to the organ. That's where I'm at. And Father Mike Jolie comes out, you know, and got exposition and I'm kneeling and then Father starts to play music while we are adoring the Lord. I wept like a baby for the entire hour because the love of God was just being poured out into my soul and it was just coming out through my eyes and everywhere else it felt like in tears of joy and adoration and appreciation in a way that that, that experience was so profound. I mean, it's I, I can like go back there right now. I mean, and not every adoration experience is like that, right? But God asked us to be faithful and to keep coming. And, you know, every now and again, it's, 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 it's every time is amazing because you're just in the presence of God and his love basking on you, okay? And so one last thought to leave you with about the love of God, and it's when you go to communion. You're sitting in your seat, right? And the priest comes around there and he's, he's holding the Eucharist, right? So the bridegroom is right here and we are all the bride. Have you ever thought about it that way? 
I'm sure some of you have heard this before. God, you're adoring God. Well, God is adoring you. God is going, I created you. You are perfect in my eyes. I love you more than you could ever imagine. And I, I, I won't sing this song, but this is how I characterize it. Does everybody know Joe Cocker's song? Um, oh, what is it? Um, you are so beautiful to me. You are so beautiful to me. This is where it gets hard. Can't you see? This is Jesus speaking to us. You're everything I asked for, wanted, you hope for. You're everything I need. Jesus needs us. You are so beautiful to me. Y'all singing that just gave me the God bumps. So think about it, okay? That God is looking at us and he truly does see our value. He sees the beauty that he has created in us. He loves us fully and completely in a way that nobody else can. And the reason he gives us himself in this beautiful way in the Eucharist is yes, because he wants to abide and be intimate and feed us. But it's so we can also go out and help be the love of God poured out to everyone else. That's all I got.